Hi, Jake. Hey, Catherine. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very good. Um, I know I said this about all of them, but I am looking forward to this one as well. Yeah, this is good. So we are speaking to Ollie Hurst, mm-hmm. who graduated uh, from illustration in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, like the highlights in this one, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, when you're at university and you've got all these wonderful facilities around you, um, and then you leave university and all of a sudden you've got to try and make work without it, and it's, it's really difficult. And he talks about how you can still be creative, mm-hmm. but maybe on a budget or, or just using the, the tools that you've got around you. So that's definitely something to listen out for. Um, and I, he also talks about just working that little bit smarter. So the, you know, the mm, job market is yeah. so competitive right now. Um, and he gives some really good tips about how to do that. So for me, that was really, mm. really interesting. How yeah. about you? What did you find? Uh, I think that's a really good summary. Uh, but I think maybe the things that I would add, or the one thing I would add is that he's winning loads of awards mm. and kind of getting named in these really big uh, accolades and things and, and getting his work out there. But I think it's... Uh, it, that is validates the things he says and not just like it's not just his talent that gets in there it's his work ethic right and and, and he really focuses in on, on that um so for anybody listening definitely look out look out for those and, and try and employ some of the tips that he he recommends mm-hmm. uh but without uh, any further ado and, and no more spoilers um this is work in progress uh, and you are about to listen to our interview with ollie hurst Hello and welcome to Work in Progress. My name's Jake, I'm your host, and today I'm with Ollie Hurst. How are you doing today, Holly? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for giving us some of your time. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, on the podcast, and I'm looking forward to kind of hearing your story. Um, but if you want to just start, I guess, introduce yourself and let us know kind of what you're up to now, and then talk a little bit about um, when you graduated and what you graduated in. Sure. Um, so I'm Ollie, as you've mentioned. Uh, I studied illustration at NUA from 2013 to 2016. Um, I graduated with a first, which is amazing. Um, but I now work in advertising as a day job and I freelance mainly in the editorial world. Mm-hmm. And, and that work that you're doing now, is that something that you kind of planned to kind of set yourself in or would i think i think if you ask any illustration crowd nothing's really planned um, <laughs> it's a very versatile degree that can kind of apply to quite a lot of different career paths let's talk a little bit about kind of where, where you're at right now and the work you're doing so you're working for a, a, an advertising company is that right Yes, so I work for a big advertising agency in Manchester. They're a, a healthcare advertising agency, which does sound a bit dull, but um, they're <laughs> really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. And how long have you been there? I've been there since October 2017, so just past my two-year anniversary there now. Advertising is hard. It's very fast-paced. It's ideas-driven. It's quite cutthroat. It's mm. not for everybody, but um, I just found at the minute with where my skill sets are and what my interests were at the time, working in the healthcare advertising world, um, I'm a pacemaker patient, so that was the initial draw for me. That's really interesting. So, so you kind of you have a personal, I guess, connection, regardless, not just work. Yes. Yeah, so I the end of year degree, I made a experience that allows people who don't have a pacemaker to understand how people like me feel with the pacemakers is a very physical thing that you've got stuck inside you and it, it wasn't really more on like a what well, we may look at that kind of thing it's more about the communication aspect of it because there's been situations where 
thankfully not many of these but there have been situations where me not being able to verbalize the feelings I've got internally inside of me has put almost like a threat on the level of care I've received because they've not understood what I need them to do etc so like like we all speak visual language even people Mm. who are creative it's a it's a universal language that everyone understands Mm. so that's where my degree ended really trying to use visual communication in a purposeful way in that in that environment which lent me to get the job that I have today. I think that's really really interesting and I think hearing that your kind of your personal connection to it it really you could underneath all that is like the passion you know to to kind of um make this overcome this guess this challenge and and make the most out of it through through your skills yeah Um, i mean absolutely i couldn't have put it better myself really it's that it's that idea of using it in a constructive but purposeful way so i think quite a lot of illustrators that i've spoken to since graduating my fellow graduates and students as well struggle with that it's just about what you offer so again like i say illustration is so versatile you can be a photographer but still have illustrative qualities to you so it depends on it, it depends on how you approach mm. briefs mm. at the end of the day like we, mm. we can't all be bucketed under the same umbrella really yeah i think let's talk about that now i think it's a really good time because i think for the keen listeners there like you started your job in october 2017 and, and you graduated in 2016 so there's this like gap of you know 12 to sort of potentially 16 months there where you're facing those challenges as as you mentioned right so what was that time like for you like as soon as you kind of graduated going forward it, it wasn't easy I mean I was dealing with location as well so obviously I was I was far away from home when I graduated and I was still living in Norwich so I made the decision to leave Norfolk because I just thought it was best for me and I'm really fortunate that where I'm from originally I have three maybe four UK major cities with, within an hour's commute of each other so I think that has definitely helped okay so you you graduated um your, your tenancy is up in september and you move back um back home or back to kind of the area that you, you grew up in familiar with what was next after that i think it's just staying on the horse for what a better phrase no one's gonna know you exist unless you're making work now they're not necessarily bothered about what you've done in your degree if it's 2020 and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's an important thing that I don't think a lot of people realize that you still continue to make work when you leave uni don't just rely on what you did at uni that was just a development phase in what you're actually doing right now mm-hmm. um so my problem that I had when I left uni was that they provided fantastic facilities and um, a lot of my work was to do with um, clothing you'd wear as a patient in surgery and I illustrated it on the gowns itself so it was very textile led so obviously my degree work was led by the textile machinery and facilities at NUA which after graduating and moving away I didn't have access to anymore so it became very like minimal in terms of the scale of what I was doing so a lot of my work then became quite digital as it is still today because of resource Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it working creatively around those challenges that you will inevitably come across you're never ever going to be able to continue to make the scale of the work that you did at uni for the price Mm -hmm. that you paid at uni etc unless you have connections or you work in an environment that those facilities exist in etc so uh, I think it's just important to be aware of the fact that your work will change Mm -hmm. and that's completely normal everybody i think there's quite an interesting like process of like recalibration right like you kind of you have this practice you're developing at uni all the way through whether you're observant of it or not it has this under this narrative that links it all and then suddenly you've you've got to adapt to keeping that narrative going but you know with with the different resources around you did you find that as a uh, an exciting challenge or was it daunting um how did you and and how did you approach it like what practical processes did you employ 
it's not necessarily like exciting because I think when you're a grad, you like you've got you have like every family member you meet or friends saying like, oh, you've graduated now. What what do you work as? What are you doing? Like, are you green? It's a bit of an onslaught of like leave me alone kind of thing. Like, I'm just working it out, and it, it's true. It happens to everyone, even not creative degrees. It's just the nature of the education system that we have in this country. It's quite fast paced, but mm. it's pressured definitely from that perspective. But yeah, it is. It does make you think, and it almost makes you think more than you actually were when you were a student because you're doing it for real now. Mm. You almost like that was almost like a test run, and now you're like out in the open and like not left to it. Because obviously, there's still a support system around you, but it's important that you have an awareness of like where your work fits in which is what I really tried to hone in while I was at uni which I think I'd, was why I did so well is because I, I had evidence and I made conversations with people in the industries that I was trying to get my work into mm, um, okay. and I think that's really important because I think if you stay inside what you believe your work to be but don't actually show it to people and say like do you think this works if you don't think it works tell me why you don't think it works and you kind of learn by just kind of like I've said it before previously in the same recording but the carving a path for yourself and it is true because it it, it kind of tackles both things it's not it's not easy um mm. but there's no specific direction you should go in it's just totally up to you in terms of where you feel like you fit mm, um, that's it. I think that's I really do, interesting. what I do mm. now today talking to you is completely different to what I did in July 2016 when people were looking <laughs> at my work at the NUA degree show. It was a massive surgical table with a big surgical gown on it and an experience you did with the publication involved. None of that exists in what I do today, but the backbone of why I do what I do today is definitely linked to what I was doing when I was at NUA. Mm. Was, th- was there a, a moment or like the first place where you kind of got some freelance work where you really started to really started to become real or you know you work for a company was there a process in that time that something like that happened um i think at the time when i was in that almost intern period before i actually got the job that i got now um i was doing exactly that i was working as an intern in quite a few design studios in liverpool mainly which was my nearest city and i wouldn't necessarily say it was because i wasn't necessarily working freelance then i was just doing dabbling in little bits and bobs really but I think it's like I've never claimed to be a designer and still to this day I'm definitely an illustrator more than a designer but it inevitably forms part of what I do now and I think it's important again to understand that you'll come across challenges or skill sets that you might not necessarily have but it's down to you to actually like pick up bits of it as you go along and learn it because you you understand the need of why people are asking for it because mm-hmm. um, like, like now I work in advertising and I'm not an illustrator nine to five Monday to Friday it's part of what I do there, but my main job there is to produce design-led work, to be honest. And it's important that you kind of almost act like a sponge and take everything in. Was Were you helped along with kind of your experiences of doing the internships? Like, did you learn like things along the way that have kind of got you to, to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I was quite picky with I interned, to be honest. It's, it's kind of, it's a bit, I don't really have like a, a set answer to it, to be honest, because I think... It is all dependent on the path that you choose to go down. So I I chose to intern in a a few web agencies initially, and obviously because they work in web design, um, I I worked with a lot of very talented designers for digital outputs. So I've kind of took on a lot of their mentoring initially, which has now influenced what I do today. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I think when you're creative anyway, you kind of have this hunger to just learn constantly. It's still happening now where I've, um, Adobe's just released an app called Fresco, which is rivaling the one that I use to make my work currently, which is called Procreate. So it's it's it sounds silly, but like at some point, I'll have to probably dabble into that and learn how that works. And that I've never done it before. I don't know whether I'll be able to do it, but it's about that, having the gusto to just like say, I might fail and fall flat on my face on this, but I need to try to actually like develop my arsenal of skills I've got going forward because the more you accumulate the, mm. the more it is you have to offer people and the more attractive you'll be to the likes of these businesses that actually rely on creative people to just think on their feet most of the time to be honest mm. so variety is variety is key for me really and I think I'm still learning to this day as we all are but um, it's it's definitely important as a grad especially if you're trying to find work initially in the creative industry that have an awareness that it's mainly agencies that operate in that manner and they're after versatile people Mm-hmm. But then you're also kind of doing a bit of uh, freelancing stuff on the side, right? Yes. Uh, so probably since about this time last year, I've been doing it seriously in the sense of like actually like investing time and money into actually making it happen. It's all about thinking about your work in a speculative manner. So it's it's quite difficult to do initially do that because I think you need to have quite a clear direction on where you see your work fitting. So my work is very idea driven. It's concept led. I like it to have purpose and I don't tend to take on commissions now unless I feel like it is purposeful in some way. But all these freelance opportunities I've been given have just come from contacting people really and just having the confidence to do so because you will leave uni and start questioning what it is that you do and what it what you want to do and how you do it and as we've just discussed it is a process of change when you've hit the point of understanding what it is that you do I hate the phrase but developing a style and I don't necessarily mean by the way that things look it's more about how you approach a brief Mm -hmm. you'll understand what what avenues and opportunities and areas your work can just slot nicely into or um where it where it works best and um places like linkedin twitter is brilliant for contacting art directors and people like that who work for these um publications etc that you can for want of a better phrase stalk <laughs> um, <laughs> to understand how to contact them but it, it's true it's what people do so so just talk a little bit about that because um it's quite a unique way i guess of of, of approaching finding work and finding clients talk if, if you can talk a little bit about that process um so what i usually do is um i usually have a research period online where i'll gather it might be like an image i've seen or a photograph i've seen um and i try to do it with stuff that hasn't necessarily been illustrated as such because of course i don't want to disrespect the illustrator they did actually commission by essentially saying i I believe i could have done this better than you can because that's not the vibe i was going for and when you see something that where they've just used like a getty ice stock photo or whatever because of budget reasons and you think actually i could have done that better with an illustration Mm -hmm. it's prime opportunity really for you to say like sit up and take notice of me because I could have done that better for you kind of thing and when you're using social media which I'd urge every person who is creative in this industry to use because it's the only gateway in nowadays I believe mm-hmm. it's it, it is it's a fantastic way of doing so because I mean if you if you look at my portfolio now yes I have like commissioned pieces of work that I've actually been paid bespokely to do but the majority of it is speculative work which is my portfolio because it's <clears throat> it's what I now do if anybody was to um, hunt down and look for your work, where's the best place to go? Um, 
I have a website, so that's just uh, ollihurst.co.uk. I was laughing, so you have to say my name a little bit like a scouser. It's not H-U-R-S-T, it's H-I-R-S-T. <laughs> but um, I think Instagram is probably the most interesting place to see my work because I kind of see it as a bit of an extension of my portfolio. So I'll quite often post, like, um, in the editorial process, it's natural for an art director to request, like, a lot of roughs. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he or she can work with you to decide which one they feel attacks the brief the most and what they refer to as killed sketches so ideas that didn't make it basically mm-hmm. which i think is we're almost like conditioned nowadays to like see a filtered view of everything but i'm trying where i can to try and keep it as honest as possible and if i've been commissioned for something and it's fallen through for example i'll post it still because i mean it's my work i own it mm-hmm um, but yeah, in Instagram, uh, which is just Ollie Hurst illustration with no spaces, <clears throat> that's probably the best place. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll make sure we share all that, um, and so people know where to go. And you know, there's no spelling mistakes that kind of creep up when they're looking for it. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So just one last question for you, Ollie, before we, we kind of wrap up. If you could pass on your or thanks to anybody for helping you get to where you are now, who would it be? Very good question. <laughs> make you think now there's been, I mean there's been a lot of people involved in getting me personally to where I needed to be today like I mean I could say the obvious ones like my parents have been hugely supportive and financially and like from a sibling point of view mm-hmm. um, but I think it's just like fellow grads as well actually because like I think you can almost like when you when you leave a degree course and you've almost like worked on something for a really long time and you've built up almost like a little network of family members who are like mm-hmm. that's effectively what they become because you just don't see anyone else apart from them for a short period of time and um, mm-hmm. it's it's quite hard when you're not around those people anymore and you're almost like isolated and it's it, it, I understand why people suffer from the likes of anxiety and depression because it is really quite isolating if you allow it to be that way mm-hmm. I think that's really not lovely like that you've obviously got that support network that hopefully everybody has with your family and your friends first of all thank you very much for for, for coming on no worries thank you for having me it's been really nice chatting with you uh, and hearing your story and uh, I just yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying this and listening to people's stories and I think everybody is kind of hopefully inspiring people in different ways so yeah thanks very much for your time great thank you very much and thank you for those uh, at home listening Um, and we'll be back with some more interviews very soon